You're listening to the Living Presence Podcast, exploring faith, meeting the world, from East Gwillimbury, Ontario. Hello and welcome to the Living Presence podcast for Sunday, May 13th. My name is Brianne Swan and I am the Community Minister with the Living Presence Ministry, an emergent community ministry of the United Church of Canada in East Gwillimbury. So first of all, Happy Mother's Day! This is a little bit awkward since most everybody listening will be hearing this episode after Mother's Day is over. There's just something about releasing the show on Sunday that has made it difficult to acknowledge holidays in a timely manner. This is mostly because I'm not on the ball. But to all the mothers out there, I hope your day was filled with breakfast in bed, lazy sleep-ins, and homemade construction paper cards. We're going to be talking about Mother's Day a little bit later, But first, I kind of want to ask a question. Part of the goals of this podcast was to talk about the Bible and what has become Christian tradition with no prior background with the church being required. Now, I've kind of just been experimenting and learning with this podcast as I go, figuring out the best way to approach it. And so far, I've been following the Revised Common Lectionary for our readings, which is a set schedule of readings that many churches all over the world follow. The upside of this is that if you are listening to the podcast and attending a traditional church, you're likely hearing the same readings. It also means I'm not searching every week for what readings we're going to be working with. The downsides are... The lectionary has actually four readings, but we are only ever doing one, which means I'm choosing which reading seems most important or relevant every week. And two, the lectionary kind of jumps around based on the liturgical year. And in Lent, we actually heard from both Mark and John. And I even went into the Hebrew scriptures for a week. So I'm not sure if this felt jarring or all over the place for anybody else, but it did for me. So I've been wondering about doing some themed arcs. I've also been wondering about just opening things up and inviting people to let me know what they'd like to hear or learn about. So I thought I'd just give it a try and put out a call this week. Are you listening to this podcast and wondering about a particular Bible story or Christian tradition that you've heard about or seen observed and are wondering where it came from? Do you wonder about the significance of a phrase or a ritual or even a holiday? You're curious about what's going on. What's up with the doves? What the heck is the Trinity? If you've got questions, I may not have the answers, but I do know where to find them. I'd like to explore building episodes around listener feedback and interest. Or maybe this is just a completely terrible idea and we should stick to the lectionary. Either way, please feel free to let me know by emailing hi at livingpresenceministry.org or leave a message on our Facebook page. 
And also one of the ways that we are able to reach new listeners is by fine folks like you spreading the word. Some ways to do this are sharing an episode with your social media contacts, as well as leaving us a review on iTunes. iTunes reviews tell Apple's tiny little web spiders that people are listening and interested, which in turn helps us rise in search rankings. And it really, really helps us get the word out about this little project. On this week's episode, we will once again be hearing from John's Gospel. Jesus is praying for the well-being of his disciples and friends on the evening before his execution. We'll be talking a bit about Mother's Day and how one imagining of this day was intended to be one of social action. We'll be hearing an appeal by poet Julia Ward Howe, as well as music by Regina artist Ava Wilde. But to begin on the theme of Mother's Day, our first song is called This Land Is Not My Home and is from my 2015 album Letters Home. The song is sung from the perspective of Hagar, an Egyptian slave and handmaid of Sarah, the wife of Abraham, who is a major patriarch in Judaism, Christianity, and Islam. After Sarah was unable to conceive a child, Hagar was offered to Abraham. She conceived a son named Ishmael. But Sarah became jealous, and she and Ishmael were ultimately sent away, banished into the desert. This is Hagar's song for her son, and a song for everything mamas do for their children, especially those who are displaced be it through disaster or violence, throughout the world. Only room for one inside this town He laid it on the Nothing but the sun to hide our tracks We'll take it as a sign And do it all again for you I'd say the words, I'd give it all I'd bear the time Stone for a 
Sam Swan. I'm sitting in my living room in Stratford, Ontario, watching the Jays. And this is John chapter 17, verses 6 to 19 from the Common English Bible. I revealed your name to the people you gave me from this world. They were yours, and you gave them to me, and they kept your word. Now they know that everything you have given me comes from you. This is because I gave them the words that you gave me, and they received them. They truly understood that I came from you, and they believe that you sent me. I'm praying for them. I'm not praying for the world, but for those who gave me because they are yours. Everything that is mine is yours, and everything that is yours is mine. I have been glorified in them. I'm no longer in the world, but they are in the world, even as I'm coming to you. Holy Father, watch over them in your name, the name you gave me, that they will be one just as we are one. When I was with them, I watched over them in your name the name you gave to me, and I kept them safe. None of them were lost, except the one who was destined for destruction, so that a scripture would be fulfilled. Now I'm coming to you and I say these things while I'm in the world so that you can share completely in my joy. I gave your word to them and the word hated them because they don't belong to this world, just as I don't belong to this world. 
I'm not asking that you take them out of this world, but that you keep them safe from the evil one. They don't belong to this world, just as I don't belong to this world. Make them holy in the truth. Your word is truth. As you sent me into this world, so I have sent them into the world. I made myself holy on their behalf, so that they also would be made holy in the truth. That was Sam Swan, my little brother, helping his sister out, reading from Stratford, Ontario. So we're still in John, in John's narrative, and still in the farewell discourse. Jesus is speaking to his disciples the night before his execution. Last week, we heard part of his listing off of all of the things that the disciples need to know in order to keep the movement going after his death. Jesus has finished with this list, and now he's praying. It's a pastoral prayer, a prayer of compassion, and this prayer is for his friends. Jesus will not be with them anymore. But much like the rest of John's Gospel, the writer is giving one big giant nod to a struggling community under threat of persecution. We read this passage as Jesus reciting a prayer of love and strength for his disciples. But it is just as much a prayer of strength and resolution for the Johannine community. The reader is expected to hear this prayer just as much as for them as for the disciples. It's one of the challenging things about being in love with a faith whose texts were written from the perspective of an oppressed people. There are certainly many Christians who are persecuted throughout the world, but in a North American context, Christianity has been the dominant religion and culture for a really long time. In fact, by the time Christianity was brought to Turtle Island, Christianity had become the religion of empire. I'm aware that it must be starting to feel as if I'm repeating myself all the time as I reflect on the scriptures each episode. I keep saying these things because I think it is just so important. For those who listen who have been harmed by the church, for those who only have heard scripture used in certain ways, in certain capacities, as a means of justifying the various number of isms that exist in our society. We need to understand, or at least try to understand, the context in which these words were written, and what the intent of their author was. Now this is one of those biblical passages that has been used to create an us-against-them or us-against-the-world mentality. I have a friend whose father was a pastor with a very conservative Christian denomination. They took the idea of being in the world but not of the world very, very seriously. Their members were not permitted to engage civically if it was at all possible to avoid it. They did not vote in elections. They did not sit on secular councils and boards. It was them against the rest of the world because they perceived the world as hostile. 
They perceived themselves as separate from the world and those in it. Their primary task was to remain beyond the world with their eyes on heaven. This is still a narrative that exists in some Christian circles, particularly in the Bible Belt of the United States. Donald Trump uses this kind of rhetoric frequently. America first. Many of Trump's supporters hear that as Christian America first. We are also starting to hear glimmers of this in Ontario, with rhetoric that we need to take care of our own first. We are us, and they are them, and we are not the same. It's the idea that our well-being and our redemption is somehow not tied to the well-being of those we consider outside our circle. I've been thinking about this a lot over the past week. Today, or at least the day I'm recording this episode, is Mother's Day. I have a love-hate relationship with Mother's Day. I mean, don't get me wrong, I love my mom and everything. And I'm a big fan of the homemade cards and macaroni necklaces my six- and three-year-old make for me. But my red flags start going up anytime love and emotional attachment is exploited for commercial gain. And Mother's Day is one of the high holy days of North American consumerism. But just like Valentine's Day didn't actually start out as a holiday based around expensive meals and ridiculously out-of-touch romantic expectations, the first suggestion for a Mother's Day began not as a sweet mama love-in, but as a powerful anti-war manifesto. Julia Ward Howe was an American poet, author, abolitionist, and social activist. She wrote the Battle Hymn of the Republic and was a key figure in the American women's suffrage movement. In 1870, Howe wrote An Appeal to Womanhood Throughout the World, which was a pacifist call and response to both the American Civil War and the Franco-Prussian War. It begins like this. Again, in the sight of the Christian world, have the skill and power of two great nations exhausted themselves in mutual murder. Again have the sacred questions of international justice been committed to the fatal mediation of military weapons. In this day of progress, In this century of light, the ambition of rulers has been allowed to barter the dear interests of domestic life for the bloody exchanges of the battlefield. Thus men have done. Thus men will do. But women need no longer be made a party to proceedings which fill the globe with grief and horror. Despite the assumptions of physical force, the mother has a sacred and commanding word to say to the sons who owe their life to her suffering. That word should now be heard and answered to as never before. In 1872, 
Howe asked for the celebration of a Mother's Day for Peace on the 2nd of June of every year, but was unsuccessful in convincing whoever it was that needed convincing, I'm not exactly sure, to make it happen. The modern Mother's Day was established by Anna Jarvis years later and is not related to Howe's appeal, though Jarvis later said she regretted the commercialization that had grown to surround the holiday. So this Mother's Day of Peace never happened. But what Julia Ward Howe envisioned was women of every nationality coming together, putting aside this thought of us against them, and through love for one another, their children and the world come up with another way, a better way of being. She writes, Our sons shall not be taken from us to unlearn all that we have been able to teach them of charity, mercy, and patience. We, women of one country, will be too tender of those of another country to allow our sons to be trained to injure theirs. Howe's entire appeal, which we will hear in a moment, is a call, but can also be heard as a prayer. A prayer of solidarity and compassion for the great work that lay ahead. I am no longer in the world, but they are in the world. Even as I'm coming to you, Holy Father, watch over them in your name, the name you gave me, that they will be one, just as we are one. The United Church uses many names for God and the Trinity. Father, Son, Holy Spirit, Creator, Redeemer, Sustainer, Source of Life, Living Word, Bond of Love and also Mother. Holy Mother, watch over them that they will be one, just as we are one. To all the badass women I know and love, who are both in the world and of the world, but work towards ideals and truths that the world just isn't ready to grab onto yet, I wish you peace and fortitude, today and always. Our second song is by Regina singer-songwriter Ava Wilde. You can find Ava online at www.avawildmusic.com. This is her song, To Change the World, from her 2018 EP, Bear. Talking, I can't hear what they say. Fire tomorrow only started yesterday, but I know you with that smile on your face will change my day.
Sometimes it's words that change things. Sometimes it's actions that need taking place. So you and I go out tomorrow, and maybe we will change this world one bit at a time. their heads in this world we seem to get lost in so we will go until we're not a space to walk in we will ride until we're not a space to drive in unless we make a change so you and I go out tomorrow and maybe we will change this world you and I go out tomorrow and hope that we can change this world you and I will go out and maybe we can change this world Talking, I can't hear what they say. For words have lost their meaning, haven't they? I mean, we say a lot and still do nothing. So, what's the use in even trying? We've got to make a change. So, you and I go out tomorrow, and maybe. Change this world. You and I go out tomorrow and hope that we can change this world. You and I will go out, and maybe we can change this world. appeal to womanhood throughout the world. A Mother's Day proclamation. Arise then, women of this day. Arise all women who have hearts, whether our baptism be that of water or of tears. 
say firmly, we will not have great questions decided by irrelevant agencies. Our husbands shall not come to us reeking of carnage for caresses and applause. Our sons shall not be taken from us to unlearn all that we have been able to teach them of charity, mercy, and patience. We, women of one country, will be too tender of those of another country to allow our sons to be trained to injure theirs. From the bosom of the devastated earth, a voice goes up with our own. It says, disarm, disarm. The sword of murder is not the balance of justice. Blood does not wipe out dishonor. Nor violence vindicate possession. As men have often forsaken the plow and the anvil at the summons of war, let women now leave all that may be left of home for a great and earnest day of counsel. Let them meet first, as women, to bewail and commemorate the dead. Let them then solemnly take counsel with each other as to the means whereby the great human family can live in peace, each bearing after his own kind the sacred impress not of Caesar, but of God. In the name of womanhood and of humanity, I earnestly ask that a general congress of women, without limit of nationality, may be appointed and held at some place deemed most convenient, and at the earliest period consistent with its objects, to promote the alliance of the different nationalities, the amicable settlement of international questions, the great and general interests of peace. Each episode, the Living Presence Podcast offers an opportunity for listeners to contribute to our Love for the World segment, where the worldwide community can lift up the people and places in need of alliance, awareness, and hope. Let us know who and where is on your mind this week. You can record your shout-out with your smartphone and email it to hi at livingpresenceministry.org. Or you can leave a voicemail at area code 289 903 0019. Your responses will be added to the show, and we are grateful for your contribution. So we've had a few people write in about the people and places that they would like to see lifted up this week. Leanne from Toronto has asked that we pray for Zabia Afzal, who is currently missing and last seen near Ashbridge's Bay in Toronto. We ask and hope for her safe return to her friends and her family. Annette from Michigan has asked that we pray for 16 students who died in Kashmir as a bridge over a fast-moving river collapsed today. 
We pray for their loved ones and the communities they come from as they grieve this loss. Dana from Texas has asked that we pray for Juan Castillo, who is scheduled to be executed on May 16th. There are many attorneys among them who believe that Juan was wrongfully convicted. We ask that Governor Abbott feel moved to grant clemency or that Juan receives a stay of execution. And although Mother's Day is a happy holiday for many, it is also a painful holiday for a great number of people as well. To the women who do not have children, either by fate or by choice, I see you. To the women who have lost a child, I see you. To those who have lost their mother, I see you. To those whose relationships with their mothers are complicated, I see you. And for all those for whom Mother's Day is painful, troubled, and infuriating, I see you. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode. We'll be back next week where we get to meet Luke. We'll be hearing about an argument breaking out with the disciples, talking about who is the greatest among them. And also something new, the reflection will be recorded live from a sermon I'll be presenting at Manor Road United Church in Toronto. But until then, have a great week, and we will see you soon. This podcast is brought to you by the Living Presence Ministry, a community ministry of the United Church of Canada. You can find us online at www.livingpresenceministry.org.